starting an e-commerce business? That and more today on Cashflow. Hi, I'm Jason Waters, CEO of JW Financial Group, and welcome to Cashflow, where we talk about the number one goal of your small business, which is to create cash flow. With us today is Nathan Martin, CEO and founder of Go Forth Goods. Welcome, Nathan. Welcome. Nice to be here. Glad you're here. Yep. Tell us a little bit about Go Forth Goods. Sure. So we're a leather goods company, and so we make everything from wallets to belts. We make uh, briefcases, messenger bags, uh, duffel bags, all sorts of sort of travel and travel accessories. Uh, and they're all designed and made here in the United States, and they're all lifetime guaranteed. Okay. And these are actually your mugs you created? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a mason jar mug, and it's rapid leather. So. Yeah. Okay. And we're enjoying coffee right now because it is morning time. Yes, but absolutely. You can use this for bourbon later at night. Yes. Yep. Okay. Excellent. And drink of your choice. All right. Yeah, we should. Cheers. 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 Beautiful. Yes. All right. We'll jump into the first question. <laughs> all right. What advice do you have for someone that has a hobby that they want to turn into a business? That's a great question. I get this question all the time of someone has a certain skill or they start, have a certain hobby and they want to turn it into a business. I mean, you're similar to that, but not mm -hmm. exactly the same, but I think yeah. you can really address this question. Sure, so. absolutely. So for me, it's a pretty loaded question. There's a lot of different factors that go into that. Um, I think the main thing is knowing your market is sort of the first place to start. If you don't know who's going to buy your service or your product, um, then you really can't sell it effectively. Sure. So at first you need to know who's actually going to buy this. Uh, one of the smartest things to do with low risk is to test that market. So you may have an idea of who's going to buy it, but you don't necessarily really know. So the first thing you should do is actually with a low uh, risk is test it. Um, and so you can test that a number of different ways, uh, just depending upon your product or service, before you've put a lot of money, time, energy into it. So in your case, mm -hmm. and so for years, mm -hmm. I had mm -hmm. the wrong, we've known each other a long time. Yeah. For mm -hmm. years, I had the wrong yeah. um, understanding of where I thought your business came from. Yeah. I thought that your hobby was leatherworking. Right. And that you were good at it and you liked doing it. Right. And then you wanted to make a business out of it. But right. In fact, you said, hey, I think there's a market out here. I'm going to learn how to do leatherworking. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, what happened is, is I, I owned a marketing firm and I was sort of tired of that industry, wanting to get out of it. So I had been thinking for several years about what could be a possible exit strategy out of the company. To kind of rewind a little bit, I had actually started another company before that, but it was a miserable failure in the fact that it never made any money. But one thing it was really good at, it was a good learning experience. And so I made some assumptions with that second company um, that I thought were very, very good assumptions about the market and about who would buy it and about the price point and all of that. And I spent two and a half years and a bunch of money developing an online website and the product and the whole deal and then launched it and never made a dime. And so on the heels of that is when Go Forth Goods, I had the idea to do that. So because of my learning experience with the first company, I was able to look at it and say, all right, before I put another two and a half years in and tens of thousands of dollars into this company, why don't I actually see if I can actually make leather goods and if people actually buy them before I get into all this. And so that's what I did. So I started first with that um, and I just designed one wallet and then I showed some friends and instantly I had 10 orders. And so then I said, I ah, think I remember that. okay, now I have something that I can actually move forward with, go to the next step with or whatever. So that's the first thing, figure out who your market is, 
figure out if they'll actually buy it, and then you can move forward to step two. Okay. Hmm? So what was that company that didn't work? So it was an online um, kids wall art company, actually. Wall art? Yeah, so and what gave me that idea is I had hand-drawn some artwork for my kids when they were first born to you know, put some art in their rooms or whatever, and, and friends would come over to the house and they would see the artwork and they would give me compliments and tell me, oh, who made this artwork? Or where'd you get this? It's really nice. And so I had this thought, oh, well, if I created all these different characters and scenes and all that kind of stuff and then allowed you to be able to customize it online, um, then I could create this automated system, customize it, send it to a fulfillment house, ship it, and all I have to do is bring the traffic in and sell these things and I've got residual income coming in. All I have to do is create the system or whatever. So it was a great idea, you know, but the problem is, is that I miss one major thing and that is, will people buy my artwork on this medium for this price? And I assumed all of those elements based upon market research that I did, but I never actually did like a focus group. I actually never talked to real people or tried to sell it to real people. And so by the time I actually pushed it out, it didn't go anywhere. So you learned from that mistake. Yes. And you didn't just say, yes. I'm a failure. Exactly. And you said, right. I, right. You know, this was an expensive right. education for me, but it exactly. was education. Right. People pay a lot to go to private schools. <laughs> exactly. So you got your education and then you said, yep. let's do something totally opposite. Right. Let's see what works and then go right. sell it. Right. Brilliant. And, and so the idea for the leather goods company actually happened. Um, I was packing up for a Disney trip with my family. And uh, you know, oddly and enough, it was Disney. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, you know, Disney's where dreams are made true, or something like yeah. that. Isn't that the saying? Yeah. So anyway, so I was heading down to Disney, and bag broke on me, and so I was frustrated. You can't find anything that's quality made anymore. You know, you buy something and it just seems to break. It's very sort of temporary. And uh, so I was looking for a replacement bag, and I couldn't find what I was looking for. I couldn't find something that was quality made. American made that had a good simple design to it um, and so I just said you know what I wonder if I made my own I bet you I could make my own that would be exactly what I'm looking for and um, so I started kind of researching you know what it would take to make my own you know bag and that kind of stuff and it was a little bit more than I wanted to invest in and so I said well let me start small let me let me look and see what it takes to make a wallet or a key fob or whatever and so that's kind of what started small low risk um, just to see if it would work and it did so people loved the products that I started creating and it just took off like that. Great. So, yeah. Made an American success yeah. story. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm thinking of starting an e-commerce business. What challenges should I expect? Part of your business is e-commerce. Yes. Not all of it, but well, part. Yeah, the majority of our business actually is online e-commerce. Uh, and honestly, I feel like that in this day and age, that's really where your best bang for buck is. Um, so the, the high cost of retail and, and brick and mortar and all that kind of stuff makes it very, very challenging to, to make that successful in this day and age. So going e-commerce definitely makes more sense. So, so where are the challenges yeah. with e-commerce? Whew, where do you start? Building um, a site, how do you do that? Bu building a site, I mean, 10 years ago I would have said, go hire a web development company, pay them a lot of money to do this custom website. Uh, thankfully nowadays you don't need to do that. Um, you can start small. Um, if you're if you're hand making something and it's crafty, you can go Etsy just to test the market without having a lot of investment in a website. Um, you know, very quickly we moved away from Etsy, but we did start on Etsy, um, and we moved to something that we could control more um, and we could save cost. Building a website is definitely the key. Um, Shopify, in my opinion, is the best website platform 
Um, Shopify, if you want to sponsor this, just get you know reach out to us. No, I'm just kidding. But um, so I agree. We'll take, we'll take revenue. Shopify is is a great platform because um, it's easy to use and to con and to control yourself on the back end without a whole lot of knowledge of web development. Um, and you can uh, plug in a lot of apps and that kind of stuff. And all you have is is a low monthly fee. You know, even if you have um, a lot of plugins and a lot of different you know apps and everything you're using. I'm still under $200 a month for that website, um, wow. and I can change the theme of it to a completely new look anytime I want. So one of the things you want to stay current with your website, and so being able to update it without having to put another 50 grand, 10 grand, whatever into your website is a real huge plus. So Shopify allows you to do that. It gives you a lot of metrics as well into your customer who's buying and when they're buying and how they're buying, which is super important in order to be able to tweak your process of conversion and all that kind of stuff. Your brand is a huge important aspect of an online company because uh, people only have a few seconds to decide whether or not you're credible or not. Sure. So unlike a brick and mortar, which obviously your brand matters as well, you can communicate with someone, you can tell them about yourself and, and you can kind of get them over that hump of trusting you or not. Online, you have a few seconds. So if your brand is not incredibly well done, well thought out to your target market, um, you're going to lose that customer pretty much instantaneously. Then you've got to be thinking about the different elements of how fast people can find your information. So that's the usability side. So you know you want things to be set up to where they're easy to find with as least clicks as possible. Thinking about all the information that your customer would want, that you would want, all that kind of stuff. So. A lot of this honestly takes trial and error. Um, one of the biggest parts about being successful in business, in my opinion, is test and adapt. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times why I see businesses fail is that they come up with this great plan, but then they stick with it even though it's failing, even though it's not working. And so you've got to be able to look at your current environment, current market, current whatever you're doing and adapt to that and say, you know what? this is not working but I see this is working and being able to switch in midstream change everything you're doing to be able to do that in order to really be successful. So I'll give you a good example of our company. So when I first started I, I was doing wallets, I was doing belts, I was doing key fobs and these mugs and I was trying to run all my numbers and how can I make enough money to be able to go full-time with this and to not do my other company. Um, and so I'm running all right if I did a hundred belts and I did 50 wallets and I did how long could I how long does it take to make those and how much money can I make with inside of that and, and with all of the profit that's left over could I actually pay my bills with that right? right but then I started making bags and instantly when I started making bags like that's when the sales really started to come in and so um, I completely switched my focus and my started all exactly and started doing all bags and I, I literally just ignored all of the belts, the wallets and everything for almost two years. I hardly even took any photos of them. I didn't focus on making any new wallet products or any belt products. I, that was the, the sort of, I put it on the back burner, I focused all of my time and attention on what was working and I switched midstream into whatever. So if you're not able to adapt and kind of figure that out as you go, uh, you won't be able to actually get things rolling and be yeah, profitable so good to great mm -hmm. which is you know mm -hmm. everyone's read these days mm -hmm. but it's like the hedgehog principle mm -hmm. keep doing what works do what works feed that fire right so, right and you're doing it exactly yeah but so being able to be adaptable because that that on, on our website we've done the same thing a hundred times and what I mean by the same thing is we've changed over time to what we we realize is not working as well 
and we've hired experts to come in and to look um, from a, a, a outside view on what is causing us to have a bottleneck with customers and, and what's, what's causing them to, to leave the site or whatever. And there's all these different tools. There's, there's online like heat mapping tools that allow you to be able to actually see the actual path that your customer's taking and where they're clicking. And there's an amazing amount of resources out there that you can use to kind of tweak the usability. But the main thing is, is, is going back to that first thing is, do you have a product that someone will buy for the price you're selling it for? Which hidden costs do entrepreneurs most often forget to forecast in their business plans? One cost I see all the time are taxes. That's exactly what I was going to say. So, That's really funny you said that. Yeah. Um, I have seen businesses fail or clients come to me yeah. because they didn't adequately yeah. take care of payroll taxes or right. sales taxes. Or right. they, they said, I've got a business, but right. I didn't think about that. Right. Uh, and, then, right. and then you get, you know, you get in trouble with the government and then you're out of business. So, right. Right. So that is a big cost. I can't say yeah. it's like, um, oh, it's, it's not one. hidden, but yeah, it's not hidden, but they don't think <laughs> about it. Yeah. But it's not a priority um, usually. And then the fact that yeah. when you start making money, you yeah. got to pay taxes, uh, right. income taxes and that right. you're now, especially for someone that used to be an employee yeah. and now they have their own business and now like, Oh yeah. wait, you mean I pay both sides of the payroll tax? Yeah. So it's I mean, true. tax is kind of like a, yeah. a big hidden cost. I see. It's very true. What else do you yeah, see yeah. out there? I think it's just not adequately gauging uh, a realistic picture of either cost of goods or, um, you know, labor expense or all that. I think there's an unrealistic um, sort of idea of what it really costs to do business. There's all these things that, that people don't think about, um, you know, like, you know, maintenance on a vehicle, right, that they're using in their, in their business. They don't think about, oh, I can afford that payment but I didn't think about the fact that what happens when it needs brakes or it breaks Tax, down insurance. or yeah, yeah exactly yeah. or the insurance or all that kind of stuff so and like I, I've seen a lot of companies specifically like in my market where they didn't really factor in things like waste right so they'll take the square footage that they're paying for a hide right that goes into a product and then they'll price their product based upon whatever they cut out of that shape right well, that's not your actual thing, cost. Right? You're, you know, you have to factor in, well, I paid X amount of dollars for the hide and I only used X amount. And so what happens with all this excess? And that, that happens in, a, in, in food. That in happens in, it, yeah, it happens in a lot of different companies where they're not factoring in what they actually paid for, what an actual cost of the goods or the services or whatever. Um, and so at the end of the day, they think they're doing good until the end of the month. At the end of the month, they're like, I didn't make any money and it's because they're not actually you know pricing their product right or their service or whatever it is so I think that's a huge thing is really looking at things from a wide-angle view sure. um, so if you're not able to do that yourself hiring an expert to do that really is good that's one thing this is another thing I just thought of is that uh, Forbes magazine I used to read that a bunch when I did my marketing firm and he would always kind of do these quotes like every once in a while in the back of the magazine and every time he'd repeat himself every like you know, five months and he'd say, know thyself, know thyself, know thyself. And I think one of the keys that's important is know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Um, if you're not good at doing the money side of it, don't try and do it on your own. Right. You're just going to cause yourself issues. Come to someone who's an expert who knows how to do it and have them handle that for you so you can focus on what you're good at. If you're not good at whatever it is, whatever you're not good at, don't just 
muscle through it and try and be good at it and fail at it. Find someone who is good at that so you can focus on what you're good at and you're going you're gonna to be much more successful that way. No, I agree. I think a lot mm -hmm. of times in our culture we've gotten into this, you know, make make your weaknesses, work on your weaknesses. Right. And as right. opposed to, okay, yeah. that's my weakness. Yeah. I, I'm, and I'm a business owner. I'm going to hire yeah. my weakness. Right. And I'm going to focus on my strength. Absolutely. And just keep doing yeah. those things that you're yeah. really good at. Yep. But so with my first company in the marketing, I got in a lot of, of tax debt, like you were saying. I got into a lot of, of just like marketing or financial type stuff because I'm horrible at that. Yeah. You know, I've got dyslexia, barely made out of high school. And so it's like, you know, money and, and numbers and all that just gets all jumbled up. And so, um, you know, I had to dig myself out of a big pit because of that. And so going into the, into the new company, I was like, I'm not dealing with any of this. Like, and of course I had already figured that out halfway through the, the marketing company and gotten everything good to go. But, but that is a huge important part is know, know thyself and focus on what you're good at. I agree. So, yeah. That's great advice. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all we have today on Cashflow. I want to thank Nathan Martin of Go Forth Goods for coming in. It was a pleasure. You. you can find him and his products online at GoForthGoods.com. You can find me online at Jason Waters, hashtag Cashflow. Until next time.